Thanks for joining in to the Behavior Chef podcast, helpful conversations around healthful behavior. I'm Clint Evans, your host, and without further ado, let's get into today's episode. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Behavior Chef podcast. I am your host, Clint Evans, and I am really, really excited to bring you the first installment of our human series, uh, Real Humans, Real Behavior Change. And I am joined by uh, someone who has a fantastic story to share with you. And I'm just going to give you the background of of what we want to do with this series. And, you know, we're steeped in applied behavior analysis, which is the study of human behavior uh, from a scientific standpoint. But we deal with human beings, which are not necessarily scientific organisms. They are complex and different and difficult and beautiful. And we're all different people. Uh, And right now we want to use this, this place, this space to share the human story uh, centered around nutritional behavior, whatever that looks like for each person that comes on, we want their story to encourage you. And so we will look at it from a small behavior analytic lens, just for those that are interested to know more. Uh, Today's story is, is fantastic. And I can't wait for Jackie to tell her story, but it, if you're, uh, if you're behavioral-minded, I want you to look at this story as you listen through the eyes of ontogeny. So for those that aren't familiar with that term, it's, it's a big fancy term that means your learning history. Um, you know, your, your environment dictates a lot of who you are now uh, and who you become or who you were and who you are now. You can look back and see some of the things that might have been in your past that might affect some of your behaviors today. So um, I'm going to turn it over here in just a second to Miss Jackie Jackson, and I'm going to let her give her introduction and we'll dive into her story. Jackie, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great, Clint. How are you? Thanks I so am, much for having me. <laughs> absolutely. Thanks for coming on. I am, uh, I'm great, um, you know, in the middle of COVID madness, but I think in the middle of all that, I think this is the perfect time to have a conversation such as this to uh, you know, give some people some, some hope about maybe some struggles they're having. Oh, yes, absolutely. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. So I'm so grateful that you invited me on your show to uh, talk about my nutrition journey that I've had. Um, As you already introduced me, I'm Jackie Jackson, and I am a Mexican-American woman from San Antonio, Texas. Um, I currently live in Connecticut in the New England area, and um, I'm married with an 11-year-old stepson and uh, dog mama to to Parker. She's pretty much my child. That's um, fair. <laughs> <laughs> yep. She's definitely my, she's like a, a very spoiled dog, if you will, but I love her. And uh, for the record, behavior analysis does not work on her. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm an RBT by day. So I do in-home therapy for kids with autism. And recently I completed a certification in nutrition and wellness um, after uh, having my own health journey um, recovering from many different things. Uh, but now I can say I'm in good standing health and I'm just ready to share it with everybody, um, that needs it. Oh, that's great. That's just that, that part alone is super encouraging to hear from knowing where you were to, to where you are and the, this, the journey, right? The journey equals the struggle. It's, it's not an easy journey to change any behavior, uh, in general for, for a long term thing. Um, you know, all those contingencies that are at play, but especially our own personal nutritional journeys are so personal and raw and and difficult at times. So, I, you know, first of all, thank you for being open and just sharing your journey with us. Um, I'm really 
I'm really impressed with it. I'm really glad that you were able to share that with me and I can't wait for, for the listeners to be able to hear. And so we were talking there, um, I was <laughs> about ontogeny <laughs> there to, you know, open the show. Would you mind giving the listeners a little bit of background to where, uh, your journey began maybe when, when you were a bit younger? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so, um, food has been a very important part of my life, um, as far as I can remember. And if any of you are familiar with Mexican American culture, um, food is always a, a family and food are the main parts of our culture, right? So everything we do is with family and with a lot of food, right? We don't ever just have a little bit. Um, so regardless of other circumstances, say for in my situation, for example, I grew up in a, a low socioeconomic home um, with a single mother and she, she worked all day. Um, she woke up at four o'clock in the morning and came home late at night. Um, but she woke up early in the morning and she always made and left us breakfast tacos. Now, if anybody's had a breakfast tacos, you know how delicious they are. And if you haven't, you have to go to San Antonio to get really good ones. Um, so tacos made with white flour tortillas and eggs and bacon and cheese and potatoes, you name it. Right. So, um, that was a big part of my life. Right. And every that was like the most consistent thing in my life, I guess you could say. So it became um, a thing, almost a part, like a pride thing. Like, oh, look how much I can eat. Or, oh, I ate four tacos today. And as embarrassing as I look back now, as it sounds, that was just something that was ingrained in me, right? Um, so as I grew up through middle school and high school, I maintained this. And when I was younger, it didn't really affect me. Um, I was like a skinny little girl. Um, who, you know, ate whatever she wanted. Um, and I was very active, right? I was a cheerleader in high school and middle school and elementary. And um, I kind of just, I ate, ate my way through everything. And that was like my favorite thing to do. Um, so that is kind of how I started my food experiences in life. And um, that's where I found like difficulty in changing those habits um, when I got older. Mm, yeah, that's... Uh... That's a huge note. I think as adults now, if, if you're listening as well, if you, I mean, I have to sit with myself quite a bit and look back and be honest with you know, some of the, really the nutritional habits that I, I have as well. I can resonate a lot with your story and I can look back at these, especially through, you know, behavior analysis. Now I can look back at these contextualized contingencies, right? When a certain stressor hits, I, you know, I crave something. There's a CMO, oh, yeah. you know, there's that CMO involved. I, there's some conditioned motivating operation that's saying go towards the, what, what's familiar. So it sounds like mm -hmm. for you, the, the one constant, uh, you know, even though you had a fabulous mom who did everything to, to work for you, literally to work for you, uh, <laughs> yep. you know, uh, it sounds like there was a bit of an absence um, there. Oh, you know, yep. With her. Yep. So food became that comfort, right? Yeah. Yeah. That pairing, right? <laughs> and so- yep. You know, my family was always the kind of similar to you. If I ate a lot, it was always like a ribbing, you know, oh man, Clint, you ate a lot tonight. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't realize as a child, it sounds like you and I have a very similar thing there. <laughs> like that seemed to me was like, that was reinforcing. Like, oh, oh man, yes. you know, they're giving me the attention that I'm looking for, uh, mm -hmm. whatever it might be, you know, but it's attention. It's good attention. You know, my family's paying attention to me and then it just evolves itself into this, you know, well, contingency <laughs> of its own. And it sounds like it well, I think there's going to be a lot of folks with the same kind of story 
that it follows you um, through college, through you know life, through marriage, whatever your wherever your journey is. I think there's going to be a lot of people that resonate with that part of the story. So when when did you recognize that contingency was something that wasn't good for you? Um, I wow, I recognize that. I think, I mean, it was when I was older, definitely in in college, like the weight started to come on and it was getting harder. Um, So I started the yo-yo dieting, right? So um, it was still, I would just run and run and run and then I would eat and eat and eat. And it was this like cycle of unhealthiness, right? So uh, undiagnosed, I feel like I had uh, an eating disorder, knowing what I know now, um, sort of like a binge eating disorder paired with like almost a bulimia. disorder. There's a combination that's in mm-hmm. like, there's a name for it. Um, uh, it's like a mixed, but, um, it was then I knew, um, but I certainly didn't know how to control it or where to approach. Um, at that time, uh, when I was 16, I was put on antidepressant and anti-anxiety medicines, um, for various things. And like, I didn't really know that this is what the doctors told me that would work. Right. And I think that, um, a combination of the food I was eating and that it just, something wasn't mixing well. So I never felt well. Like once I turned 21, I would say I never felt good. I would sleep all the time and I would eat and not just like people, you wouldn't be able to tell this from the outside, like people listening who know me. Um, I was very active still very social, but it was still part of my, it was still a big part of my life to, um, go out with my cousins and eat a bunch of wings for, for Buffalo wild wings, wing night and, a, and beer or whatever. Oh, um, college, but, right? <laughs> oh, fun college. Yeah. Oh, college. It was really fun, but it was certainly catching up to me. Uh, a little bit faster than my other friends who um, grew up in, say, maybe a little bit of a healthier food environment or a different environment. I'm sure everybody has their struggles. Um, but when it really, really like hit home with me that I needed to make a change was about a month after I got married. So that was only about two years ago. Hmm. So I'm 34 now and I had been engaging in like, it had been impacting my health since I was probably 21, like I said. And, um, so about a month after I got married, I gained, uh, and this is like, I, I can't even believe it to say it. I, I gained 28 pounds in one month. In a month. And in one month. Yeah. And, um, oh, and it's so painful to talk about sometimes because, um, I wasn't doing anything extraordinarily different. I think that because the wedding was over and I stopped stressing, um, something changed. Right. So my body just was like, okay, you don't have to like hold it and you can show her that you're like really sick now. Um, so I was forgetting, I started to get and now I'm, I'm going to use the terms that I know now. Um, mm-hmm. I was having extreme brain fog, right? So, so much brain fog, I couldn't remember to take my medications, right? So then that led to withdrawal. So the, some antidepressant medications that you take, if you even go 24 hours, you immediately feel like sick and nauseous and things like that. So I immediately started feeling this, but I was so brain foggy that I didn't, um, I didn't make the connection of, Oh, I forgot to take them. So it was like a pattern. And then one day I felt that nausea from forgetting to take things. And I kind of just went back to old habits of binge eating and got a bunch of snacks at the store where I was shopping and ate, um, a bunch and it felt better. Right. So it took away that, that feeling of 
sick. Um, yeah, it was negatively reinforcing, wasn't it? <laughs> ne- negative reinforcement. I feel like yeah. negative reinforcement plays a big role in my life, to be honest. But well, the, we, <laughs> we like to get away from bad stuff. We do. That's that's a yeah. big thing with that's a big pairing with with eating and you know at least I you know I'm no medical doctor, but from from the studies I've seen and all the things they put out, it's it's so closely connected. So yeah, it's you're, so I mean, closely connected. Yep. So now like knowing everything, I mean, I I was already in the fields of behavior analysis at this point. So I knew I just wanted relief. Um, but I broke out in hives from head to toe that night. And for four days I was covered from head to toe in hives. And I went to the doctor on probably day two, cause it was a Saturday. Um, so Monday I went in and she says, Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. Um, I can't tell you why, but maybe you should get an allergy test and um, here's some steroids to make the hives go away. So I took them and I was really discouraged because I knew like something was wrong and I didn't know where to look for help. Um, So long story short, somebody tipped me off to watching uh, the magic pill documentary on Netflix. Um, So that was my first taste of keto. And she also referred me to a naturopath, which I couldn't um, see for like a month from, from that day. Cause I was at this point I was ready. I was like, I need something. Um, so that following Monday I started keto. Wow. That was a quick turnaround. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, so it was Saturday, all the hives, um, and Monday to the doctor with no help really, uh, probably Thursday. She told me about, um, the documentary and I watched it and I was like amazed. I was like, this well, I mean, and I look at back at it now and I see like different flaws or whatever it is. Of course. All the documentaries have that. Yeah. There's a but, bias in every documentary, of course. You got to sell yep, the product, it, right? Right. Of course. Yeah. They're so biased, but it really, um, I, I mean, I'm forever grateful that that was kind of what, what led me to keto and it kind of just created, uh, that motivation to look into it basically is what started. And so I did the typical, Hey, I'll start Monday. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I did. So, um, I started listening to all the podcasts and reading all the books and, um, eating all the food and the weight didn't come off right away at all. Um, so yeah. it, I mean, it was like, I needed more help. Right. So I eventually sure. saw the doctor, but what immediately within a week I felt different. So I slept. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't slept a full, I honestly hadn't slept a full night in, in years. I would say like, I don't remember the last time I slept a full night. And I had talking to doctors about this before, but nobody could help. Um, I am. So I immediately could sleep. I immediately had energy and I was just like working out like crazy. It was just like a high I'd never experienced before. <laughs> I think there's something good to, to, to point out there is that sometimes the outcome measures that we, we look for, aren't the right ones. Um, I know for me, like, you know, I've, I've always, I've been open on the show about my struggles with weight and my up and down. And by the way, anybody listening, none of these are endorsements for any specific diet or we're not giving you any, mm-hmm. actually any dietary advice. These are the stories that have worked for us. Um, this mm-hmm. is our, our personal journey. So I just want to put that out there. It's, we're not telling you to go do this diet or that diet. Um, if anything, if you have questions, go see a doctor, do exactly mm-hmm. what Jacqueline did and, you know, get, get on the right path with the right people. I mean, we're all about ethical treatment. And so that's no different for our own bodies. But that, that, uh, that being said, that outcome measure for me, I was doing some digging in my own mind recently. I used to, I used to weigh in three times a week. 
And that was my uh, my measure because I have one of those scales that does all the metrics, you know, the oh, yeah. water intake and the and you know even that I'm not even sure how valid the instrument is because I don't have really anything to to judge it against to do a, a, an analysis for it. So kind of mm-hmm. going blindly on on that, which isn't a great way to go about it in your personal life anyway. But I realized right. I realized every third day there was this AO hanging over me to mm. not want to get on it, not want to follow through with the dietary stuff. I recognized that it was my attachment to that that scale, and so then mm-hmm. I started I started looking at those other things. Um, you know, we talked kind of off air, and I told you that COVID has been a struggle for for me. And I think I'm sure there's people listening now nodding their heads. Um, you know, I'm I'm no no. There's no secret for me that I'm always honest with the way that I you know portray it. Just as you're being open, yeah. thank you for sharing so much so far. But I noticed. I noticed that my outcome measures um, weren't the, I wasn't measuring the right things. And so my private events were way more important than the permanent product of a scale. Of so course. Yep. Literally what you just said, uh, cause I do, I follow a ketogenic diet myself again, no endorsement for anything specific, <laughs> but what you mentioned is something that, you know, the same, I'm finding the same thing. My weight's not necessarily falling off. Uh, my clothes do fit better. Um, you know, those things are, are those permanent products are there and they're coming along. But what's really important for me is the sleep and the mental clarity and the energy. And, you know, last night I, uh, as we're recording this, the night before we recorded this, I ate, I went off keto and I ate a pizza and uh, I couldn't, I have pizza for after, I have pizza for after this. Nice. <laughs> well, I went, I went over the carb count for sure, but I, uh, I, I couldn't sleep last night. And, uh, and then I recognized, you know, from the last few weeks that I have been, I'm not saying that it's all the diet or anything like that whatsoever. It's really difficult to point pinpoint one specific factor, but Mm -hmm. I, I, I've noticed the way, you know, I feel. And, uh, I think that's an important distinction to point out for whoever's listening. Um, especially now listen to yourself. Um, the world we live in is super stressful, especially as Americans, um, you know, we have a culture of go, 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 go. And when the world won't let us, uh, we internalize a lot of things and we kind of just go haywire. I know I, I'm speaking from my own experience, but if you're listening to this and you're you know, listening and nodding along with the Jacqueline story or Jackie's story, sorry, and, uh, you know, my story as well, stop for a second and give yourself a little grace. Um, it, it goes a long way. Call it non-contingent self-reinforcement. Call it free operant choice, whatever you want to call it. If you're a behaviorist, if you're not, it doesn't matter. Just stop and, and listen to your body. Literally listen to yourself, the stress. I always tell people, and I, I don't know where I got this, but I always tell people, if you want to see if you're stressed, take a second and uh, take a deep breath and watch how far your shoulders fall. You know, because we, oh, wow. we, we, we seem to carry stress in our shoulders. So, and again, I don't know if there's any actual viable proof to it, but it always makes me feel better because I know, all right, I just took a deep breath. And that's most likely the thing that, that works, not necessarily recognizing my shoulders being tight, but I just took a deep breath for a second. I stopped and listened to myself. And uh, we need to do that more. <laughs> we need to be yeah. kind to, to us. And it sounds like you have, have learned that. Uh, and it sounds like it took you quite a while. Yeah, well, that that was one of the really cool things about uh, finding my health. Um, and as you said, we're not endorsing like any specific diet. And that was just the beginning of my story, right? So in finding that, it was more of like a nutrition, what serves my body best. Hmm. And um, making that change has given me that insight to where I know, like, I know if I have a bad night sleeping, I 
pretty much know what I ate or drank the day before um, that caused that, right? But then in the future, I'm able to make those choices. So it's, uh, say I had a glass of wine and it kept me up, right? I didn't sleep well. I woke up. Um, the next time I, I, it's intentional. So it's not just like, oh, I'm stressed out. I need a glass of wine. It's like, oh, I want to have a glass of wine. I may not sleep as well, but this is what I want for today. And those choices really, really are what lead to the food freedom that um, I've discovered. Um, but back to say like the scale part, I definitely have um, every once in a while, I'll still do it because I find myself avoiding it. And it's something that I want to confront every once in a while. Um, but there are so many other things that you can measure. Um, like you said, how you feel. So like doing, um, uh, a mood journal or, um, measuring, I measure how much I eat. So I use like chronometer and Fitbit, right? So I, I target like, Oh, let me get more steps this week, or let me lower my resting heart rate. Um, because that's really good for your health and cardio health. Um, so I kind of just focus on those things. Um, to make it sustainable, right? Because your weight's going to go up and down and life is up and down as COVID has shown us. Amen. Uh, <laughs> um, and like I mentioned to you during our pre-conversation, like you can't plan for everything, right? So you have to just be resilient and that co- goes for nutrition and diet as well. Well, exactly what you're saying, what, you, what you've gone through is what we aim for in ABA for our clients. We aim for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have the skill acquisition, the maintenance. Uh, we want to get to the maintenance through all that, but we also want to program generality. We want to program flexibility. Um, so we're not uh, just stuck on rigidity, prompt dependency, all that stuff. The same thing goes in. I mean, you just basically what you just said was a great example of you went from a prompt dependent lifestyle to one with flexibility. And, mm-hmm. and when we talk about freedom with nutritional behavior, that's what we're really looking for is the flexibility. Um, you know, your story, you had a glass of wine and you might've had it that time because you were stressed, but you go to sleep and you didn't sleep well. And what has naturally become a contingency for you is, is your overall health. So you recognize that and you're thinking, you know what? I want a glass of wine and I'm going to have one, but I know, you know, if I, if I have one, I might not sleep as well. And I'm all right with that. I'm okay with making that choice today. I'm okay with doing this, that, or the other thing and not being rule governed as far as, all right, I have to lose three pounds this week. Uh, you know, I have to eat 3000 or 2,500 calories today. I have to get 10,000 steps. You know, it's, it's so funny with programming and stuff. When we talk to people like about the behavior momentum and I, you know, I talked to, I talked to BTs quite a bit about it and said, you know, what we're really wanting to do just the, the difference between what you're doing now and what will work is changing how you say it. Making yourself more fun will lead. I mean, it's, it's literally little EOs throughout, you know, each it's instead of, all right, let's do this. It's all right, come on, let's go. And, and kids light up for it. And it's this, it's the same thing with ourselves instead of like, all right, I messed up. It's, it's kind of getting into that act matrix matrix type thing. Right. So instead of, I'm, right. you know, I messed up, it's like, no, 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 I made a choice. And that's all well, right. a, lot, a lot of people I come across, um, I mean, I mostly just talk to my family and things like that about their nutrition and they'll share and they'll, they almost go to like punishment. Like I did that. So now I have to run three miles and not 
eat anything today. And it just, it's just not a healthy environment, you know, and, um, it's not bringing anybody success in, in that area. You said it right there, uh, environment, you know, we, we set up our own little micro environment within ourselves and all those, the environment means so many different things. And so you've come so far now, uh, what are, what are some things during this, this pandemic, during this crazy time that you're doing to keep your environment satiated with, with this type of contingency so you can keep yourself going? What are you doing for you every day? Um, well, so something I am intentionally doing is I am not making a set schedule for like my morning routine, right? So I became very rigid. I'm like, this is what I need to do. I need to wake up have my coffee, write in my journal, um, exercise for this X amount of minutes. But I realized that that was causing more of a stressor than anything, right? So I started the pandemic hitting it pretty hard. Like, oh, I have all this free time. Let me do this. And then it really just took a toll on my mental health. Mm -hmm. And I started going back to those um, behaviors from my childhood, right? The comfort foods, the different things. Um, And while I I did absolutely let myself cope with that um, through the through the pandemic, because that was the best that I knew, um, in the moment. Right. Um, I didn't, I was experiencing all kinds of feelings like everybody else is in this uncertainty of what's going to happen next. Um, so I let myself feel it and then I gathered all my tools. Right. So I kind of set expectations, um, for myself, like, okay, start like decreasing. It was almost like a changing criterion, if you will. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can have it for this week. And then next week you're going to eat less. And next week you're going to do this. Um, and as I was meeting that criteria, I was increasing the expectation for myself coming out of this pandemic. Um, so I, um, I actually was, I finished up grad school during the pandemic. So oh, I did. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I, uh, I finished a summer, uh, two courses in a, June semester, so five weeks. I did ethics and some other oh my courses. Gosh, that's crazy! Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. And I will tell you that um, keto definitely helped me through grad school too. Like the 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 best part of it, and I can never explain this to anybody, but the cognitive function um, when in ketosis is amazing. So that definitely helped me get through that. But now I'm just keeping busy, making sure uh, me and my family stay active. Um, so now we have time for family walks. Um, I'm certainly cooking a lot more. Um, I Now I have an Instagram page and I share all of the things I'm cooking to say like, hey, this is healthy, even though awesome. it's not known to be healthy. Uh, look at this. Look at what I added. Look at what I swapped. So I do a lot of replacement foods um, or things to add add in to make it healthier, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're shaping, you're shaping an entire repertoire of cooking. And, and that's, I mean, yeah. that's, that's bread and butter for us too. So we, you know, we obviously appreciate that. Um, with that, if someone's listening and they're interested to know more, where, where can they find you on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is? Yeah. So I actually am really new. Um, so I'm at Jack, Jackie Jackson underscore nutrition on Instagram and Jackie Jackson nutrition on Facebook. Um, launching a website soon. So hopefully I will start doing some one-to-one coaching and hoping to launch a digital course um, in nutrition soon. But as I am preparing for 
the BCBA exam and the finishing beast. up <laughs> the beast. Um, I kind of need to make sure I get all that taken care of, but nutrition is now my passion. Absolutely. A thousand percent. It's what like wakes me up at 5 a.m., um, which I recently accomplished. That was one of my goals, right? So wake up earlier so that way I could exercise more and that way I could cook healthier, have more time to cook healthier meals, right? So it all leads up to everything. But yeah, I have those pages and I share a lot of um, information there. So if anybody's interested, please follow. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think, um, you know, you and I, have, that's where we connected originally was Instagram. So you guys should definitely go uh, check out her her page and just give it a like and a follow and um, yeah, learn some stuff. Uh, you know, ask questions. That's that's one of the things that I love about doing this myself. Is you know I'm not a trained chef by any means. Um, I yeah. got to learning the things that I know by behavior analysis. Really, I started shaping my own behavior with video modeling through things like YouTube or you know, stuff like that. People that I, that I know personally that know how to cook things really well. So I would watch mm-hmm. and listen. And I just did a CEU event this last weekend with the DBA SIG. And uh, as we were going through, whenever we do these, which we are, spoiler, if you're listening, we're getting ready to do some more behavior uh, cookout classes, behavior chef cookout classes. And so when we do these, one of the things that I walk people through is um, the, it's not necessarily behavioral in nature, but it's human in nature. So I want you to be immersed in the process. So when we were, uh, for example, we were sauteing um, some onions and olive oil uh, and garlic before we started a marinara sauce. So when the, the heat got up and we got the, the oil in and we threw the onions in, I told everybody to just quiet down and listen as the onions hit the pan and the sizzle. And then as the essential oil is released from the onions, I said, you know, smell and connect those, those um, Pavlovian-style conditioning <laughs> oh, yeah. to enjoying this process. Because now, not only does your house smell ridiculously amazing, but now, hopefully, if this turns out well, this becomes like the sound of sizzling is something that you look forward to, right? It's, it's this conditioned thing. And yes. we, up, we made a marinara sauce from scratch with four ingredients. And wow. So that's the kind of stuff. It sounds like you're in the same boat here. Like, hey, it's not hard right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. We want to demystify it. And it sounds like you're doing that for yourself. I want to do that for others. Um, just talking with you, seeing, a, you know, if you're listening and can't see, we're doing it on Zoom, but getting to see Jackie's face as she talks about it, there's an entire just, you know, joy and exuberance to it. And that's what, that's what we want this series to be about. We want to tell your stories, your ups and downs, your struggles, your triumphs. You know, it's okay not to be okay. I, I think we need to say that a little more to each other. And uh, you kind of said something earlier that I just, it, I have a, my own little version of it, but you mentioned, um, you know, when, when you, when we started in this pandemic, you kind of reverted back a little bit and you let yourself be there. You just, you, I think your words were, I let myself cope with it. Something. Along oh yeah. That. Yeah. Yep. I always tell people, uh, you know, look, if you, uh, you know, wherever you're feeling, if it's in a bad spot, it's all right to visit. Just don't move in. Oh, good one. I was just about to say that. You just visit. Yeah, just <laughs> stay. <laughs> just stay for a minute, and and mm-hmm. you, you know you you can recognize this isn't the place I'm supposed to be, and then mm-hmm. you, you know you can and reach out for for help. I mean, you know, our environment is not just us, and right now we're all. I see these commercials all through like Comedy Central and all these you know, um, all the major networks that say uh, alone together. You know, we're mm-hmm. all like quarantining together. 
You know, that's, that's true, even though like, there is no greater time in human history for this to happen, arguably, because we're connected through so many means. So we still can be connected to each other. And um, that's, that's one of my hopes to, you know, release this episode and get people connected to themselves again. Um, yeah, that, that's, I mean, we're on the same page, Clint. That's definitely where I'm at. You know, the, the pandemic really brought that to light that um, not to take people you love for granted or people in general, um, being an ABA, I've just grown such a deep love for people. And though they drive me crazy many times, I just had this sincere, like, compassion for people. And now, especially people who are struggling with something that I know the, the fix to, or that can at least improve, right. Um, somebody's quality of life by just changing eating habits and using behavior analysis to do that. Hopefully someday. (laughs) Right. Well, it sounds like you're already doing it in your own sphere. You know, you've got your, not only are you doing stuff, but you're encouraging and and getting your family involved, right? You guys are doing your little little walks and, and you're cooking and I'm sure you're uh, even if they're not cooking with you, you're taking an opportunity to tell them how you're cooking. If you're anything like me, my <laughs> wife, my wife loves the end result uh, of oh, yes. the cooking process, and she's she's just like just like many people. She was kind of afraid to not well, not afraid. She just didn't. She wasn't a fan of cooking because she'd never really tried. And mm-hmm. so you know, I got her. Now she uses a grill by herself. Um, oh wow, which is a big That's deal. Awesome. That's you know, really cool. <laughs> to go from not wanting to cook anything to being able to throw something on the grill and knowing how to cook it correctly, and not just to where it's on there and done, but where it's done well. Well, wow, um, yep. But part of that, I think, was just I, I've been trying to connect it with her, and we'll you know every once in a while we have a a really great thing. Um, I think she bought it for me, or I, somebody bought it for us. But we have a a cooking a cookbook for mm-hmm. couples. And it's, it's a 30 minute healthy meal that you can cook with mainly stuff that's in most people's fridges or, or if it's not, it's really easy to get and they take 30 to 40 minutes to make and you're required to do things together. Oh, so, like collaborative cooking. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's literally for like, you'll prepare something and they'll start sauteing something. And, and it's, um, honestly just, I, I think there, the, one of the things for me, one of the things I love about my marriage the most is that is when we get to spend time wow. together cooking and, and it doesn't get to happen so often, especially right now with all the craziness going on and, you know, we both working in, in essential fields, but um, that's just a memory I always love to hold on to when we get a chance to, to do something together. So that's amazing. I'm going to have to look into that because yeah. I am always trying to involve my husband, He's I not do the cook, have, but he will. <laughs> exactly. And that's, and that's the thing, you know, knowing our strengths. I, I wasn't, I used to be just like you, I, I used to be the um, you know, I'll eat what's in front of me, but I used to be the guy that would hit mm-hmm. the talk about response effort, right? When we, when I first got married, it was the same idea. When we first got married, I, I ballooned and I blamed the washer, you know, <laughs> <laughs> shrunk my clothes. It but shrunk the clothes. The real problem was the, uh, the concurrent, uh, you know, schedules of reinforcement going on where I could make a meal or I could push the reorder button on Domino's and I knew exactly what I was getting and when it would be there. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's what we did, you know? So yeah, I like your goal setting. I, I like how you've, you've said like, Hey, I've got goals for myself, but they're, I've got wiggle room, you know, it's oh, not yeah. like, I've got to lose two pounds this week. I've got to lose three pounds next week. I have to get eight hours of sleep. It's more of like, I want eight hours of sleep, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I know how to get it. So if I want it, then the rest of my day has to focus on, on that. Um, but not necessarily focus on that. <laughs> that's the interesting Yeah. Part. The flexibility is what makes anything, not just nutrition, but Hmm. any of my goals, sustainable, the flexibility. 
because yes. if I get too rigid and I have those patterns of being rigid, um, I always want to use ABA on myself to break the rigidity. But um, yeah, I have to be flexible. You do. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're able to get to that place. And I know, you know, speaking for myself, using ABA, I've been able to isolate contexts, um, you know, mm-hmm. call them, uh, call them SDs, whatever you want to call them. But I've been able to internalize these little prompts to where I, I can stop and recognize that, okay, I'm flustered. I'm overwhelmed. I've got a craving for X, Y, Z, and I don't normally eat that. Okay. What's going on? So I can investigate, you know, my, my mm-hmm. internal state, because if you, if you can't stop and, and talk to yourself in a way that's like, okay, what's going on? You know, how can I examine? How can I help? Um, and we just keep down the, the rabbit hole. That stress will just grow. And, and you know, well, you've, you've talked about it yourself cool. just in this podcast. It, it's debilitating. Oh, it is. And it, it actually, you know, I don't know if you, you how much you know, but uh, stress impacts your adrenals, right? So it impacts your health overall, yeah. your thyroid function. Um, even if weight loss is one of your goals, it can stop you from losing that weight and cause the inflammation and everything mm-hmm. down that rabbit hole. So stress is just a, a huge um, underlooked at component of health. And that's, I think that's a systemic issue because we've, at least in my, in, in my estimation, my circles, stress was until recently always looked at as like a, you know, a moniker of, of strength oh, yep. and you know, man, mm-hmm. look at you, look how much you're working and look how much you're doing this and, you know, go visit any other culture. And they're, oh. you know, they're just like, what are you, what are you doing? Why are well, you? Exactly. Yeah. Why don't you just like, do you uh, see how pretty the sky is today? Like, I don't have time. I got to get to Starbucks. I got to get to the meeting. Like, no, just smell the air. You know, it's pretty today. That's not the way we live, but that's the way we should. That we should. is the way we should. And since this is a human series, let me tell you, that is something I have not, that is a goal I have not achieved. Yeah. I am still a, be as busy as you can. Um, that's been my coping. Also part of my coping is stay busy. Um, so it's a, it's a everyday goal, right? Yes. How do I lower my stress? But I, maybe, uh, maybe next week. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe next time. And that, that's a great question. And I think it all goes back to the flexibility and, and, you know, what you're focusing on. That's something that I've been able to learn over time uh, because I let like, stress would just ruin me. It was kind of like you were talking about the hives situation. You know, I had a, a stress reaction in this, in the same way. I had mm-hmm. a, a tragedy in my family and, um, because of that, my heart rate, my resting heart rate would be, I would be in class. My resting heart would, heart rate would be 120. Oh, and, wow. And there was just this massive, you know, so I went to the doctor and I got checked out mm-hmm. and I got some things to help out. Now I'm not on those things anymore, but that made me recognize like, man, this is serious. You know, I was mm-hmm. in my 20s. Like it's, you're in your 20s. You're supposed to be theoretically the healthiest of your life. Not necessarily mm-hmm. true, yeah. but nope. <laughs> as, 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 far as, as far as society is concerned, you're 20, you're healthy. And so uh, I, I wasn't. And so I, I looked at that myself. And over the last 10 years or so, I've worked on living in this moment. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there isn't another one uh, until there is. And so whatever has happened before, uh, it dictates where I am now. But I, I get to, like, I have the power to dictate what that does in the future. You know, behaviorally, I I can influence my environment so that my Mm -hmm. environment sets me up for success. So if there's any ABA nerds listening and you hear me (laughs) say, I have control of my future, I know behaviorally speaking, it's my environment, but I have a huge (laughs) impact on my internal environment. So 
it, you've been sharing that this whole time, you know, and so we've, we've talked about where you were and, and where you are, what's, you know, what's next for you? What's, uh, what's coming up? Oh, what is coming up? Well, like I mentioned earlier, I'm trying to get this, um, this nutrition business launched. Um, it's really a nutrition education, um, resource. Um, and like I said, I do want to do some one-to-one coaching. Um, I want to get enough competency to practice as a behavior analyst, um, in nutrition, but I know that it's so new in the field, um, that it's, it's hard to come by. So I'm definitely doing my research, um, hoping what that once I'm a behavior analyst, I can get some supervision and, you know, do it the right way. Um, I, so in behavior analysis, we do, um, individualized treatment and in what I'm, what I'm certified in now, I'm not allowed to do individualized treatment for nutrition, right? So it has to be a general overview of treatment. So that's kind of what's next, figuring out how to bridge the gap and enjoying my family and the rest of summer and kind of just making it out of the pandemic. <laughs> hmm. Well, your, so. your outlook is, is great. Um, you know, we're coming sort of to the end of our, of our, of our conversation here. And I, regardless of what series I'm doing, I always like to ask my guests to, um, you know, give, give something to the audience. So if there's like a, a, a thing of encouragement or something that's, that's helped you get through something, uh, you know, through this pandemic, something you're help you're, you know, like I gave the, uh, for me, it's, you know, you can sit here, but don't move in. You know, that's been a thing. I've been saying <laughs> that to myself a lot. Like, is there, is there one thing that you can, um, give to our audience that's been helping you that might help someone else? Um, I think something that has just been sticking out in my mind to share with um, people I talk to about nutrition and health has been aims for like practical, not perfection. So not the um, progress, not so essentially progress, not perfection, but yeah. practical. What is practical for you and your family? What is practical for your life? And then find ways to make it work. Um, mm. It's not if you think it's impossible, you're wrong. I'm, I'm just telling you, yeah. <laughs> you're absolutely wrong because I do believe that anybody can find their health. I like that you've been using that phrase, um, finding your health. I, I think that's, that's great. One of the taglines for our, our podcast in general is, uh, uh, helpful conversations with healthful behavior. And, oh, I like that. Uh, thank you. Thank you. That's, that's all me. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> that was a collaborative effort, but I, um, it kind of goes in line with like, you have your own little moniker that you're holding onto there and it's finding your health. And I think if anybody gets anything out of this podcast, which there's a lot to get is, um, you too can find your health and it doesn't have to be, you know, we're talking diet, your health can mm-hmm. be your, your mental state, your health can be, you know, uh, stress mm-hmm. levels. It can be private event, whatever it is, your health. That's, what's beauty, beautiful about health. It doesn't just mean your digestive or your cognitive. It means health. You as an organism, your thrivability. Um, So whatever that is for you, I I just hope that we've been helpful to you. And I hope that we help you uh, find your health. And so uh, Jackie, I'm going to open the floor one more time before we finish up. Is there anything else you'd like to, to share? Uh, with anybody um, where other than, uh, you know, give us one more time where we can find you if you have an email address or anything like that too. Just Yeah. Yeah. Again, um, I'm on Instagram at Jackie Jackson underscore nutrition and on Facebook at Jackie Jackson nutrition. Um, and you can reach me by email at coach 
at JackieJacksonNutrition.com. Awesome. Oh, so, so you do have a you do have a website then? Uh, I haven't launched the website. Got it. Um, got it. Almost, so I'm hoping to launch in the next two weeks. So I'm not sure when this is airing, um, but in it should be before weeks, then. I, so yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it should be. Um, I mean, look out for it. Maybe this will give me a little bit of motivation to get it launched sooner. Um, Yeah, we'll be there for you. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, But thank you so much for letting me share my story um, on your platform. And I really appreciate everything you're doing for nutrition and behavior analysis, my two absolute passions. So, well, thank thank you. you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I mean, this isn't, I'm just another BCBA who has a microphone. So I'm, I'm glad to share it with people that actually have a story to tell that, you know, my story, I, I'm not worried about that. I want other people to hear, hear, hear yours and hear theirs and hear that we're all humans. Yep. <laughs> and so that's the idea behind the series, but I'm just so flattered and thankful that you reached out and, you know, you were willing to open up and share your story. Cause I know it's not easy to do that, uh, especially with random strangers on the internet, you know, just oh, yep. <laughs> to email and say, Hey, here's my story. You know, do you want to talk about it? Of course. So you know, any of you listening, if you have a story um, like this, I, I want to share it. I mean, I, I want people to hear it. People need to hear it. You deserve to be heard. So, uh, you know, you can find us as well at, on Instagram at uh, The Behavior Chef. Facebook, we're at Behavior Chef. It's a bit different than Instagram. Uh, TheBehaviorChef.com, BehaviorChef at gmail.com, all those places. And if you're listening and you like it, please share. Please reach out to Jackie. Let her know, you know, how she's impacted you. Uh, I know just talking with her, it's impacted me and encouraged me and motivated me. So I, I hope it does the same for you. And as I said before, uh, we hope that we've been helpful to you. And until next time, uh, thank you, Jackie. I'll see you later. See you later. Bye.